Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for Married at First Sight, season 16, episode 18 and 19. We are in the home stretch of this season. This season started in January. Babies are almost about to be born. (laughs) It's just a lot of time. It's amazing that they can fit a season into half of a year. And then we'll get, what, two weeks off and we're back at it. In all honesty, this is it's set up that way to keep the viewer going, mm-hmm. right? They have to keep us entertained, keep us attached to the screen, and they can't have too big of breaks, right? There's too much, too many eyeballs to please, right? Add yeah. money, so on and so forth, whatever. Again, I love the show. I don't care if it's a dumpster fire. We'll keep <laughs> watching the show. But it does seem like... There needs to be modifications, whether it's a shorter episode. And even even in this season, we only have four couples. Like, why why are we still having such a long season when there's less people to cover? It's the constant repeating of content. And it that's what kind of drags me down. I wish we had just a solid 12, 14 episodes of an hour and a half max. I Two hours is way too much. For what they're giving me. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they tried with the initial runs or two hours. Then they went, I, I'm talking full length time with commercials. Then it went to an hour and a half. Then sometimes when we're late and we watch them after the fact with no ads, I mean, it is an hour. It, and that's what it needs to be though. Max. Oh, interesting. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Thank you for your grace. We had some trips coming up. We have a trip tomorrow. Really cutting this close. And a trip the week after that. So thank you for hanging out with us. I will most likely not be tweeting live, but I'm still going to be on. Like, definitely spoil it for me. I'm here to find out the decisions. I'll find out the context later. I'm. We have been here for five months. We are ready. Are you going to be ready to do your predictions? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, we're going to have to break down how we're doing this because there's a whole bunch of like caveats to our picks. I've heard of other podcasts doing the predictions for only where are they now, but I think there's going to be such a discrepancy. I think we should do what they're going to say on decision day and if they're still together by where are they now. I think we talked about this earlier. We were going to vote on who picks I say yes for more time. Oh, everyone, every single person. For sure. And in this episode, oh, actually, in the second episode we'll cover, I felt the professionals, or excuse me, the experts were heavily pointing towards people of, it's sort of like putting the hand on the lap being like, we're going to need some yeses out of you. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's all working. Oh, what you explained? That's intimacy. That's love. You You're on the right path. You don't know until after decision day. What, really, Pastor, Pastor Cal? Really? Really? <laughs> All right, starting with episode 18, everyone's arriving back from the couple's retreat, and I would just like to point out that Chris and Nicole unpack immediately before they do anything. They're serial killers. That That's what I'm saying. For sure. Our, know, bags are, our bags are still packed from our last trip. I was just going to say that. Downstairs, right by the stairs, 
two bags. We only took our dirty clothes out. Everything's still packed and we got a trip tomorrow. So pack more clothes. This is what you do. You get home. You didn't use all the clothes, the dirty clothes. You throw in the laundry, the rest you pick out throughout the week. Now the bag's empty. You know, your clothes is all in the laundry. You're good to go. You hit the reset button. You don't unpack the bag. Your your assumptions are correct. The living room is chaos right now. (laughs) Not only that, but I've gone into this new hobby and I'm too embarrassed to even mention what it is, (laughs) but our fucking dining room looks like ass. Because you refuse to work in a clean area. Because of me. Like it is, I, okay, I'm not a doctor. I'm not gonna pretend to be a doctor, (laughs) but you were like, or even even myself is like I I must have some type of ADHD. Oh, I because the do. environment that I am productive in <laughs> looks like complete trash. That is not a normal productive environment. No. You need the chaos around you. Like it's for weird. example, me and Leon share a home office, and my desk These has desks. one plant. It's very pristine. I have a coaster. I'm looking I have at her desk. Wow. Some figurines from Africa that my friend gave me on her last trip. Like. Just just minimal. That's it. And then Leon has about five keyboards, two laptops, papers, multiple headphones, figurines. Yo, if somebody would <laughs> like to see pictures of our desk setups, let us know. Oh, it'll be good. The chaos. But I do have one plant. And it's it's surviving. It's doing great. In the chaos somehow. It loves the chaos. <laughs> he, she, I don't know, loves the chaos. During the conversation with Chris and Nicole, they're kind of in the closet, which was an odd setup because you know that's a tight fit when there's a cameraman at the door like, you can't even <laughs> get out if you wanted to because you'd have to like ask the cameraman hey, yes uh, can you get out of the way sir uh excuse me <laughs> they bring up the conversation about the safe word pineapple essentially it boils down to chris saying i don't see the need for it let's get rid of it Let's be done with it. Nicole agrees. And then Chris brings up, well, no, I also mean basically like pineapple everything. Like no, no more food pineapple either. (laughs) I thought it was kind of weird because you're in a week before decision day and you're like making this girl change the decor of the home. Maybe he's thinking if I'm going to say yes, I need to lay the law down. I am not going to live with all these fucking pineapples forever. This is where he chooses to do it. I like it. At one point, they're kind of going through the different pineapple stuff. And Chris says, oh, I'll take these dog toys back to my place so they have something to play with when they're over there. And boy, the foreshadowing of this episode and next. Um, what? This man had no plans to, uh, you know, figure it out. What did he say? They have about... Is it three? Is it three or nine months left on their lease? I thought it was three. I thought it was very soon. Ah, the number nine is ringing in my mind, but I, I think it's three. Maybe they have three more months. Maybe. on their lease. I feel like it's a long time, regardless. Three is still a very long time. No, no, no. I think I think Chris was three, but I think Nicole's was ending, so she would have to yes. re up yes, something. Yes. Yeah, this is a clusterfuck already. <laughs> In the same vein, later in the episode, Nicole is talking to her dad and brings up the living situation as well. She says that he, him being so chill about it is frustrating. And I normally don't really agree with Nicole and maybe the way she words stuff, but I fully agree. No plan, nothing, just... And he can't even use his words to say, I don't want to because of this. He just keeps being like, yeah, we'll figure it out. 
Like, it's so vague. Yeah, and the way he handles it, I can see how that could be extremely annoying. Especially if you have no reasoning of, why are we delaying this? Yeah, give me a reason and then I would be more understanding, maybe, at least. Give me the chance to be understanding because the very vague figuring it out, I'm so chill, isn't it? Well, you know what it is, right? He doesn't want to be upfront and tell Nicole his truth of, I am protecting myself in case this doesn't work. Yes. And, but he doesn't want to have that conversation. Well, that would be real bad. Considering, For remember, sure. every single day she would ask him, what's going to be your decision? Do you love me? Yeah, not good. Eris mm. and Jasmine do a lot of pillow talk, bedtime talk in both episodes. When they're in bed for one of the first scenes, they get their intimacy basket. There were many close-ups of Eris's foot and one of Jasmine's foot, and I could have really done without it. You're not a foot person. I'm an anti-foot person, truly. Like, everyone cover like them up. You just don't like feet out. No. Mm. Even when you're around the house, I'm like, why are those out? In that case, <laughs> I'm surprised you're not more of a Crocs fan. Why would I be a Crocs fan? Well, they cover your feet. Well... Yes, but they're ridiculous. Versus a sandal. A, a word that, no. A thong, if you will. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, yeah, I'm barefoot or in a closed toe shoe. Like, there's no... No crock, huh? No. Interesting. It seems very unsupportive. Oh, it, it's actually semi-comfy, though. I mean, everyone wears them. Eris and Jasmine break out the feather. And not, I don't know. Does, does not a feather, fan? Does a feather do it for you? I don't know. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I doubt it. I don't but, think it would. I don't but like think the about someone that has no intimacy at all. You're at least touching. You're doing things. It is a sensation. I see where we're going. But then Eris says, "I bet this would feel good on my gooch." <laughs> Eris, Did he Eris, say my Eris. gooch or your gooch? Because I don't need him talking about anyone's gooch besides his own. It's it's just so strange that he's like this, but. There's no intimacy in this relationship. <laughs> it's so strange. Jasmine is then blindfolded and Eris gives her a foot massage. My love language. Massage as always. So I supported this. But then it was time for Jasmine to give Eris a massage and he handcuffed himself. No one was asking you. No one wanted that. He really does like to be dominated. But why are you trying to create this fantasy when you're not even into Jasmine, like it, it makes no sense. Because I think he's into these acts regardless. But but he's like, okay, I'm also into a woman I'm not into watching me be handcuffed. Or just it's, handcuffed. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't understand uh, Eris. I get why you think he's funny. Sometimes what he does is a little bit laughable. I really like Eris as a person. I say it almost every episode. Maybe not a relationship guy, but a hilarious friend would hang out with it, him anytime. They go on to talk about BDSM. Jasmine isn't really here for it. But then Eris says, slap me. <laughs> Harder. <laughs> so she proceeds to do it. And I think she did a great job. It would have been incredible if Jasmine went all in. I know, like her frustration. It would have been incredible. He would have loved it. It is amazing how much Ares is into putting the pastor's daughter in these awkward situations. I know, and I always think of her dad. But it's a bit cringy, isn't it? Yeah. 
Jasmine and Eris then go see a medium and they cover a lot of topics. So they do tarot cards. They did handwriting analysis. They did almost like, I don't know what it's called when like the people that have passed have come forward, but they talk about that as well. And it was just like almost like seeing into the future a little bit too. Like you guys would be a good match. I don't not, know. We not, went not a like lot a medium, of areas. Right? You're not thinking about medium? Well, yes, but they did a lot of, hmm. they, there was a lot of coverage in that. We we can't do this. No, we're both terrified of doing this. Like, I don't need the card of like death to come up. Oh my be, gosh. Like, I just don't need that energy. We both do not want to know the future at all. Like, no. Even my beautiful, wonderful loved ones that have passed on, they don't need to tell me something embarrassing that I did and that's their way of confirming they're still around. What if your <laughs> like, loved one was like, I don't know if he's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa comes through and he's like, I don't know. Like, you know what? It's not. Eh. Eh. He just shrugs. Oh, I see your grandpa shrugging. Eh. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. But nothing really came of the Jasmine and Aries situation. I mean, there was a lot of topics covered. They tell Jasmine to be patient. He has a lot of growing up to do, but he has a good heart. They have a very good chance of staying together, but they need to make decisions with their heart. So, kind of general, but decent motivation. Then Jasmine and Gina take a pole class together. I understood why they picked Gina and Jasmine, because two people struggling with intimacy, not having intimacy with their partner, but it's vastly different. Gina doesn't even want to be in the same room as Clint. Jasmine definitely wants to be in the same room as Eris. So, why was... Gina here. You said Gina's using this for, you know, later on. Well, yeah, gain some skills for the now, but also, <laughs> you know, this is definitely going to make it on the show. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they record a lot of scenes. A lot doesn't make it on. Or maybe they get the feeling of that was so dry. This is definitely not going to be on the show. But I mean, a scene like this is definitely making it on the show. The pastor's daughter. That's all I think about. Jasmine was giving more than I thought she would. She did great. I mean, she's an athlete. She's She's got it. She has, she's got rhythm. They did a great job. They had their routine down. I was as uncomfortable as Gina when Eris showed up and then you had to do some of it for Eris. Not, not here for it. Thankfully, she skedaddled as I would too. And then Eris and Jasmine had their moment, which... I don't even know if it was needed. Like, did he? Okay. I don't like the energy of rewarding this man. Yes. What are we rewarding him for? He doesn't deserve it. What is he doing for Jasmine? Nothing. Can't even text her. But then she has to give him a show and gets money thrown on her. Because that plays into his fantasy and what he likes. But we never do what Jasmine likes or goes into anything she wants to do. All I see from Eris is the repeat track of, oh, being in the situation, you know, you could have yelled, hoot and holler, throw your hands in the air, made a scene, but you didn't, you kept your composure. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool and all, but are you going to try to build intimacy with me? No. Nope. we're not doing anything. Exactly. We see Mac and Clint at the gym, and Mac is a little snaky snake. He tried to present this in a way... At first, in a way where it would be 
not viewed as I want to date Gina. He didn't do a great job though. Not at the end. No. They're hanging out, they're working together. Mac, of course, is the one to bring up Gina. He thinks he's crazy for not being attracted to her. Mac goes on about how attractive Gina is, what a good fit him and her would be. And he wishes they were matched. This is all in his interview, by the way, not like in front of Clint, but not a great look. Clint tries to give Mac positive advice about dating and kind of moving on from the experience. And it doesn't matter because in the back of my or in the back of Mac's mind, all he's thinking about is Gina and when he can make his move. Not great. Not a good look. Does Mac give you swag? No, no. So not Gina's type, eh? No, that's the more insulting thing is she probably would give him a chance as to where she never gave Clint a chance. I see. Because he's not redheaded. That's what it comes down to. And that's such bullshit. You know what it is? They're both business owners. Sure. So they can both annoy the shit out of each other with it then. I did not feel like Clint's haircut was an improvement. It's okay. He did need a little bit of a cleanup. Needed a cleanup, but the length felt like an awkward length. I'm still bummed that Gina wasn't the one to cut his hair. I know. It's probably not her specialty. She doesn't do it, but I, it would be cute to see her do his hair. They then meet with Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper, and the movie recommendation is brought up. This did not go well. No, Dr. Pepper was pissed. We, I've never seen her really that mad. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. She said, if I had $3,000 for you somewhere, you'd have time. That's right. (laughs) They were saying they don't have time, but flashback to when Clint's like, you're just like always on your phone. Yes. I was like, yes, "Mm, I think you guys have time to watch a movie. Granted, it was a very weird suggestion. The counter to that is in their position, watching a movie is not going to make me have feelings for this person. No, not at all. If we're not into each other, we're not into each other. If anything, it's going to make us sit through a very awkward romance <laughs> flick that none of us want to watch. Yes. In reality, they should be doing anything together that sparks conversation. But she doesn't even want to talk to him. Dr. Pepper brings up that there was a lot of touching and kissing at the wedding, and it seemed like a great foundation. Both Gina and Clint do agree that they were essentially going through the emotions, doing what was expected of them at a wedding. Isn't this amazing how how long ago this was? And just yes. to even see Clint and Gina kiss is when I saw that on, the, <laughs> on screen, I was like, wow, that's weird. Super weird. We move on to the physicality, how there's not been a spark, how they've done everything to try to spark it, but it's just not there. And it hasn't gone past friendship. And Gina, much like Mac, becomes a little snaky snake here. She says, the physical attraction wasn't there at the beginning. And some personality stuff has been a bit of a mismatch. I think his personality is fun and he is the life of the party. But he brings a bizarre energy, which is almost like secondhand embarrassment. You can laugh with someone but not be attracted to them. There hasn't been a time in this process where I've felt like a wife. So she has said that wife thing, what, two, three times now? And every single time I will have the same response. 
What have you done at all to make him feel like a husband or to make this feel like anything other than friendship? Even I feel like a broken record saying this is that since that moment you had at the honeymoon, you started off on the wrong foot, but now there's also this energy of, am I allowed to make a move? Can Mm -hmm. I make a move? If I make a move, am I going to be embarrassed? Is it going to be accepted? Is it going to be rejected? And you're also not talking about this with each other. Yeah. So you don't, you don't even know what's okay. Yeah. Remember they, they alluded to, Oh, Clint slightly like touched my butt and he like profusely (laughs) apologized. And she's like, don't worry about it. There is no comfort there to do these actions. Then the act of cooking is brought up. Clint says that is a husband duty that he does. And he thought that's what he should be doing. Gina says he cooks for himself. There hasn't been any cooking for me. She says, I appreciate your cooking. I love it. But at the end of the day, he didn't make that meal for me. I have so much to say about this. I will. Wow. The act of cooking for someone, nourishing their body. First of all, unless what he cooked was a portion for one, he is obviously cooking for both of you. Thank you. Yes, because you can obviously make one chicken breast, one pasta dish. The fact that there's food for you at the end of the day, the food is obviously for you. It's not for Hank. It's wild. We were just watching a movie and there was a scene that sums up what Clint and Gina could be. (laughs) So the movie was uh, Chef with uh, John Favreau uh, and a bunch of other really talented people. But in the scene, he is cooking for his like kind of girlfriend, but not really also his coworker uh, in Scarlett Johansson. And he's cooking her like this incredible pasta. And she's almost salivating at just this man cooking this incredible dish for her. Like there is no, like no sex scene or anything. It's just a scene of him cooking food for her. Yeah. And then she, she, he like beautifully plates this dish. She tries it. It's incredible. Maybe something happens after who knows, but it's just that intimacy, that romance of just someone cooking for you. I was like, wow. And as we're watching this, I'm like, I mean, that could be Gina. (laughs) My response was, Oh, that could be Gina and Clint, but she's playing. <laughs> For real. Like if anyone's seen that movie, that scene was just perfect to just visualize what they could be and having this conversation of Clint cooking these meals, but it's almost like kind of thrown back at him. Like, yes. Eh, like whatever. So there's nothing he could do. What about taking care of Hank every day, taking him on adventures with him? He could just be like, oh, I'm not taking care of your dog. But again, oh, does he have to say, Gina, I'm taking care of your dog for you. I just need to make it known. You know what Gina thinks? Hmm. People that don't go into work. It's like it's not real work. Mm -hmm. So Gina has to go to the salon. Now, Clint's like a sales, like IT kind of person. So he I'm guessing he works remotely most of the time. Mm -hmm. I would imagine like Gina asked him to do that stuff with Hank. But in some way, Gina probably thinks like, oh, that's not real work. Like, he's just, he's at home doing whatever. (laughs) Probably. Can you get a doggy treat at Starbucks if you don't have a pet in the car? I would think so. Yeah. Can you just like wink, wink? Oh, I'm taking it back for my pupper. Yeah, I'm sure. You're paying for it. Okay. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was free. Oh, I think you're paying for it. Oh, no. I don't actually know. No, I'm not getting that. No. (laughs) For yourself? We don't have a pet. No. 
Gina finishes the scene by saying, I'm not sure if there was any, ever any intentionality. It's the same thing you would do for Eris or Chris. So why is that a bad thing? So yes, he would cook for his friends. He would be proud and excited to provide food for them, nourish their body, take care of them for one meal. Why is that not enough? What is it about cooking that Gina wants done for her that would not be done for a friend? I can't think of the logistics of that. Does she need a heart made out of chocolate and then (laughs) it's for her? Does she need her name written on the edge of the plate with garnish? Like, when is it for her and when is it more than a friend? Because when a friend or family member cooks for me or brings me food, that's so loving and caring. And I don't need them to do anything more than just that. I could talk about this scene all night, but I will move on. (laughs) We see Kirsten and her brother, a family member. They kind of go back and forth talking about Shaq, how he's basically too busy and that Kirsten doesn't feel like he is trying to impress her or make it work. They talk about this for a while, but then Kirsten talks about bringing him around the family. Her brother says that he really does need to be the right person to take around dad because he's the judge. Did you notice in this conversation, Kirsten sort of... I don't want to say insinuates, but sort of makes it a point of saying like, oh, you know, thanks for coming because, you know, you're so busy, you know, with work and stuff. It's like you have to <laughs> like she's almost like creating evidence of like, oh, like this is why my family's not around. You know, we're, we're working people. We're always so busy. Don't mind that. It's the middle of the day. It's fine. But yeah, there was a setup here. I feel like Shaq is Skyping with his friend and family is brought up as well. He talks about how when he talks to his family, he likes to include Kirsten, put it on speakerphone, have her talk to people, and that it does bother him that he still hasn't met her dad. That's kind of all they talked about. There wasn't, it was the quickest little Skype session. But here's where it gets spicy. Kirsten and Shaq are cooking together. It looked like making waffles. And Shaq didn't even respond when she said, oh, I talked to my brother today. He's like, "Uh uh-huh. Nothing. mm, Yep. Yeah. Naturally, family is brought up and Shaq says people make time for what they want to. Now, I agree with that, but I don't think Kirsten really set up anything or even asked them to meet. At this point, we're an episode behind right now. So at this point, I don't think she was like, Shaq wants to meet you, dad, because she doesn't know if this is going to work. But it's odd because they've been on calls together or at least they've talked about it as Kirsten's on with her dad and then I guess Shaq either says hi or yes on after party I think they said that there was like a speakerphone or a car conversation I would imagine you would make the side comment like uh hey pops when can we get to hey, like just real quick like hey when can we get together he to- like just, <laughs> just slide just, it in there yeah just slide it in there <laughs> I mean if it's I hear you Shaq I hear you and I, I do agree you do make time for what's important to you But did you, I guess, in this way, go around Kirsten and be like, I want to meet you, dude. Like, is there any way I can meet you at work or something? Go out closer to you. Honestly, that probably would have been the most effective. And Kirsten actually probably would have liked that because she likes when a man leads. She has said it multiple times. So honestly, maybe that would have even impressed her and her dad more. 
Shaq is getting a little bit more irritated. Kirsten said, it's just the scheduling. That's it. When he brings up, is it me? Is it you? I like essentially kind of thinking like he's the problem. I, I don't, I don't really buy this though. I don't either. Like your dad does not work 24 no. seven. There must be, I'll freaking meet him at church. Like <laughs> I'll go to his church service. Like, can we figure something out? Yeah. And I did like when he said, oh, so it's been the schedule for two months. Yeah. Ma'am. It's, it's, ma'am. I do not buy it. Our thinking was you do this in a way to create space as far as mm-hmm. why would I introduce you to all these people that I love when I'm not so sure this is going to work. Exactly. You don't want to integrate someone into your life or introduce them if you are saying no. Now, I still feel this way, even watching the latest episode. Like, I don't, you doing something three days before decision day is really not going to sway me and my thinking towards your relationship. No. Also, I mean, we'll get into, I mean, you turned on Shaq. Like, I think you're over it, but you don't get to say, why aren't you like my dad? My dad is the greatest man ever. No, you cannot meet him or talk to him. <laughs> you don't get to make someone like set the standard, but also not let them meet. Like, that's weird to me. Then we get the overhead camera. Shaq enters the home, doesn't even say hi. He goes into the room and this happens over multiple days. As you can tell, time has lapsed in between. That communication is, it's a little sad. It's sad. But there's a moment where I can't tell, but it almost, you know, Kirsten's either doing Netflix and chill by herself on the couch mm-hmm. or she's staying up for him to get home. I'm not too sure what it was. I think staying up for him because yeah, she said she likes to wait. It's almost like he got home. Let's say it was late and there was just no communication there. That was weird. And I'm I'm not even trying to go hard for Shaq. Like, that's not what this is. But all I'm saying is from everything I've seen this season... I just feel like she has been kind of that way to him and the family situation and just acting so different. And her standards are constantly changing. She always has some excuse for why something can't happen or why something is the way it is. Like there's excuse after excuse after one thing is met. Well, there's something else wrong. And so I just and paired with the fact that he said she's completely different on camera. What if he's just over it? Like he's like, I'm getting played. Why am I going to put any effort into this? Like, it's not even worth my conversation. I agree. I think Shaq is sensing that and thinking, why would I put effort into this when I know, I know what the reality is going to be. It's going to be a no. Sometimes when they're talking with the experts, I feel like Shaq feels like he has to say the right things, go Mm -hmm. with the flow. Yes, I'm going to do so on and so forth, steps A, X, Y, and Z. But I think in reality, if you look at his, what he expresses on his face, it's almost like he doesn't believe that. Yeah. No, totally agree. And treating your wife like this is not good. This is one of the rare couples where I feel like I've turned on both of them. Yeah, I don't like either. (laughs) Either in a marriage, I should say. Like, I still like Kirsten as a person. Again, very heiress, like... Would have fun, but not really. Sure, sure. As people, they seem fine, but are they going to be good for each other in marriage? I don't think so. And like I've said before, I've never wavered on Kirsten. Now, I don't think she's a bad person. I just always got 
weird energy from her in this situation. She's not authentic. It's the same thing I feel. But you you had it way before now, me. Early on, I think Shaq was like all in. Mm-hmm. And it just, he could feel like it's not going to work out. Or she's not responding the way I would imagine a wife would. So I'm going to check out. So as he checks out, is that making Kirsten pay more attention? Is she more in now? And now that the tables have turned, is he like, no, 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 no it's too late. No, I think everyone is more and more aware, especially the one who's vocalized it the most, I think, which is Gina. But I think everyone is more aware of how they are portrayed on screen. They are so careful about protecting their image or not coming across as a villain. I think, I mean, Kirsten's in sales. She's very, Mm -hmm. like, I speak in front of people. I present a certain image like that that's who she is and in the show you also have to do that you are presenting something to us whether you're the good person bad person and different whatever but i think she's trying to save face by doing all of these actions that say i'm in this it's more so so us the viewers are thinking like oh is is kirsten a shitty wife or like whatever she wants to sell us on that I did all the right steps. I'm mm-hmm. doing what I need to do as a wife. And I'm like, I doing it at the very end is like, I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah. I told you, I think last episode, I, you have to play the game. hundred percent. You have to, I mean, I don't know. No one's making me look bad on the show. I'm bringing, what did I say? I'm bringing flowers every day. Someone <laughs> mentioned it. I can't remember if it was this episode or the very next one. They mentioned the game. Yeah. It's like, why are you like, Oh, yeah, it was Gina. You need to really think about... Yeah, and that's why I alluded to Gina's, like, aware Mm -hmm. of what's going on. She's not doing good at the game. No, no, (laughs) not at all. But I think if you are completely committed and in this for the right reasons to find your forever person, if you start thinking about, oh, play the game, like, what are you here for? Like, who cares what you look like on screen to us? As long as you... Like, uh, we just mentioned... uh, uh, Jamie and um, Doug. Oh. Is it Doug? Is it Doug and Jamie? Beth. Beth, oh, Beth. and Jamie. So, sorry, excuse sorry. me. Yeah, Beth, Beth and Jamie. They look like shit on screen <laughs> in our season. And we were thinking there's no fucking way they're going to work out. But they worked out for each other. And they worked yeah. out for a long... Well, mm. hey, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> they worked out for a long time. A whole lot longer than 98% of the people on this show work out for. So who cares about what you look like? Just be yourself. Hopefully you find your person. If you don't, that sucks. But I mean, that's probably just the the side effect of the show. Even if it doesn't work out, you still have to do this BS. You still have to mm-hmm. do these scenes. You still have to go to the couples retreat. Yes, that's a bummer. But don't try to now just like play some game where you're faking all of this for us at home. Because clearly we can see through that. Like we're not dumb. But if you don't fake it, then you get these overhead shots of Shaq being an absolute ass to his wife. No, you fake it. <laughs> but but see, no. Yeah, you can fake it, but there's evidence of who you really are. No, you got to keep it going at all times. <laughs> In some ways, we kind of have to give credit to Mac and Dom, like. End they, it. They weren't feeling it. They just said, I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. No, like, I'm, I'm never going to give them credit because it was such crap. It was like just over. God, yeah. Like, we'll forever talk about that. Like, 
Is it better to do that or fake it till the end like Gina and Clint are doing? Like, what is better? I think both, like, you're going to be screwed regardless. Because we know Gina and Clint, there's no reason for, for them to be here. It's a waste of my time. Sure. It's a waste of their time. But then I give Mac and Dom crap because they didn't even try. Kristen and Shaq were going to host a family dinner for Kristen's family. But no one ended up being able to make it except Kirsten's mom. Okay, one minor red flag. We're hosting this. There's a date. There's a time. At one point, you said you were going because we set a date and time. Yes. But then nobody could make it. Yes. That's Doesn't that strike you as odd? Probably because when you're planning, don't usually ask people's availability. Like, hey, what's your work schedule? You're free. You got anything going on? Appointments, kids, whatever. And eventually they landed on a date and time. So eh, things happen. Things happen. Okay, I plan to now, work for three hours today. I worked for 10. Like, it just happens. I give Kirsten's mom a lot of credit for even showing up because that must have been a little bit of awkward energy. Maybe, but maybe she didn't. Well, no, she probably talks to Kirsten all the time. I was going to say maybe she doesn't know the tension between like family and Shaq's opinion. I really liked mom in this scene. She had great questions. She kind of got caught up with everything and she had really good advice. She said, let the expectations down, relax, take a breath. That's where love comes from. And Kirsten looked very uninterested in mom's advice. You know, the joke about how Kirsten doesn't listen. I say she looked unhappy. She probably just wasn't listening. (laughs) I'm sorry, Kirsten, that we go in on you so much and it's not going to stop for the next episode. But yeah, I do notice that a decent amount. Yeah. I get what mom's saying. You're, you're putting up, you're putting so much pressure on yourselves or I need to do X, again, X, Y, and Z. I need to do these steps. I need to meet meet, meet Kirsten's dad. Like just chill, like Mm -hmm. just live, enjoy each other. Fuck whatever else is going on. Yeah, you haven't met Pops. Okay, big deal. Well, are you two getting along? Maybe you, should yes. work, maybe you should work on that piece. I agree. There's other things you can do. Just because you don't have one box checked. Okay, well, there's much bigger boxes. I will say this, in my opinion, and this could be just Shaq's situation, how he grew up. I believe he grew up without his dad. I think he he's putting so much weight into meeting Kirsten's dad or... He already had this idea formed of what Kirsten's dad would be for him in a father figure role. I don't know if I'm sounding like a dick. This is just my opinion. I'm like, at this point, dude, you have your PhD. You're a full grown adult. You're like 30. How much do you still need a father figure? Like you're almost at the point where you're going to be a father figure to a kid. So I think you're putting a little too much weight into Kirsten's dad. Is that what it is or is it because of the weight she puts on him about her dad? Maybe, but in some ways, Shaq should be with a partner that says, you're a great man. You are for me, Mm -hmm. for our future family. It doesn't do these, like, I think it's a bit odd to do these comparisons with your dad. Like, I think that's kind of weird. Yes. Um, But he should be with someone like that that says, you are like the father figure for our family. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to represent that role for this family. Yeah. Like that's probably someone he needs to like give him that sort of put him on that pedestal of like, that's who you are. He definitely likes to be put on a pedestal. 
On to the next episode, episode 19. Clint and Gina are driving to a ranch, and I would just like to point out that they are not even speaking. It looks like a very boring drive, and Gina's just on her phone. So clearly putting in the effort. You know, if Hank was with them on this scene, Clint would be talking to Hank more than he would talk to Gina. The whole time. Oh, you see that, buddy? Let me roll down the window for you, buddy. (laughs) Everything. They ride horses together, they have a good time, and then they go for a picnic. I can't even lie, the scenery was beautiful. It was. He brings up the talk with the experts and how much it's been bothering him. He brings up the actual terms of odd and weird energy, bizarre. She says, I don't know if that was my exact verbiage as she makes her really confused face. And I do love that the editors slid that video right in there to indeed confirm those were the words used. Clint says it's very out of left field. You've never said that before, which I hate. Can we point out that Gina doesn't say shit to Clint's face, but talks mad shit to the experts and everyone else, but never has a conversation with Clint. And Clint never, regardless of who he's with, utters a bad word about Gina. I mean, it goes to show that Gina has no intention of making this work. At any level. If if you did, you would have these conversations. You would voice your opinions or voice your concerns or, Mm -hmm. hey, I think you need to work on this to you know, foster this relationship. The fact that she's not doing that, it's already a red flag, but it's even worse. And again, why I'm this whole time been kind of against Gina and always asking, is anyone still on the Gina bandwagon? Because so many things keep coming up. It's like every single episode, it's something else. And in the last episode to essentially call out Clint, but never tell it to him to his face, Mm -hmm. that's just not a good look. Like, she is always trying to embarrass him, almost. She talks about, like, oh, he's embarrassing. I'm like, but you're not that great. (laughs) Gina continues on and says, it's not bad. That's why it sucks pointing things out. It's like the honeymoon situation. I guess where she said, I don't like people that look like you and I'm not attracted to you. Sure, that's totally the same. (laughs) Clint takes a deep breath and says, I'm glad we talked about that. And Gina says, I'm sorry if I made you feel that way. In another pod that you listened to, they mentioned that. And I agree. It seems like, yeah, we talked about this, but there was no resolution. No. And Gina's horrible apology. It's not, I'm sorry if that made you feel bad. He's telling you he did not like that. You know what else is interesting? Gina's never given him a real full apology for anything i would be curious either in the reunion or in decision day if that will happen no way she is so she thinks she's in the right about everything she can't even acknowledge her faults in this in her role gina says that she is reflecting on what she really wants and really needs in a marriage Not this marriage, but, you know, later down, down the line. I think I was in the dining room and I was working on my latest hobby obsession. And I heard this line and we all like we all caught it. It was like, wait, did that sound like I think that just sounded definitely. So I'm gathering data of what I want for my next marriage, which is hopefully my real marriage. Yeah, this doesn't count. This is just some BS. Yeah. 
This was an advertisement for my salon. The next time I get married, it's marriage number one. <laughs> That's right. Mac loves a gym day. We now see him boxing with Eris. It was a very odd scene. Mac, like, fake punching. It, j- it wasn't really needed. Well, Why can't the they just go part, have dinner? The first part seemed like the real workout. And then when it was just Eris and Mac, it was like, you're basically, your hand was up, but I'm basically punching the air. Yeah, there was nothing. Eris says, I've been hearing some things. You know I love gossip. He is a little gossip girl. I love it. I am curious. Do you notice that we see Mac here and there, but Dom is totally checked out? Yeah. She's like, I'm not. We've seen her on some after parties, but yeah, nothing. Matt continues on to say that Gina has a famous friend that he also follows. He wanted to hit her up about her super hot friend that he has no chance with, but that's what it was. This was so random. It when was the, at not At the start true. of the conversation, I was like, is that like saying we both follow LeBron James, so we need to communicate? <laughs> that's their super hot friend. <laughs> like, what? Clint goes on to say in his interview that Gina's great. He thinks he would get along with her really well. They're like-minded. And would I go on a date with her? Probably. Sneaky snake. No. No, 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 no. Wait, wait for the marriage to cool down. Like, actually end. So he tried to word it nice, but he was definitely hoping that Gina would bite and it would kind of lead to more of a conversation. Yes, it, that was the opener. But it's like, oh, your cute friend over there. Mm-hmm. And then now that person's like, oh, why aren't you coming after me? Well, it'll just be... It, it wasn't even about the friend. The right. intention 100%, 100%, was completely different. 100%. Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal arrive at the apartment to speak with Eris and Jasmine. When they are sitting on the couch, Eris's arm is pretty much around Jasmine. Is on the back of the couch. It still counts. She was almost sitting in the nook. You want them to work so bad. I do. So badly. And in, in a world, they could be great for each other, but it's just not it. They talk about the progress they have made. Jasmine says that Eris is talking more throughout the day, checking in, holding hands, actually greeting each other, which these are great signs, but like we're at the end of the experiment. So we should have already been doing those things. Mind you, people, we are days, days from decision day. Mm-hmm. Texting each other, though. Miles ahead of Clint and Gina. Eris talks about how Jasmine is more high energy, more outgoing, and that makes him comfortable. He doesn't even need a drink when he's with her. But he, his social anxiety pretty much goes away around her. Boy, do I feel seen. Same thing. Leon is the bubbly one of us. The social butterfly and definitely more comfortable when you're there. I would love if you came to all social events. But it's weird because I think you can talk to anyone about anything. I can, but I'm very nervous inside. But it just takes you (laughs) a lot of energy to do that. Oh, that's what it is. Like I can do it and I do it really well. I can be totally on point in conversation Mm -hmm. and I can ask the right questions and make that person feel very heard and I go back to my hotel room or back to the house and I'm just exhausted that's where you're like so peppy and like ready to do something you say that but 
sometimes I, well, mind you, I don't have that good of hearing. So I feel like when I'm talking to people, especially in a party setting, sometimes I'm thinking of, mm, I didn't really get all of what they said, <laughs> but we're having a conversation. Let's keep it going. Just keep it going. It's fine. Just keep talking. Leon's in a hearing study, study for veterans, you know, loud noises and stuff. And my oh, I've joke. totally, I've totally answered some of those questions fucking wrong. <laughs> That's some fine. of them That's are like, the oh, if you're in a room with a TV on, how good can you focus on the sound of the TV versus if somebody's in the room talking and the TV's on, like, how can you focus on the person speaking? I'm fucking lying on that show. I'm like, oh yeah, I hear super good. Like super good. I get all that, which I probably don't. Let's be honest. Well, that leads in perfectly. My joke is, what tone do I need to speak in so that Leon will listen to me? And the lady was like, actually, you should try a deeper tone. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. Which is hilarious. <laughs> she, I think she looked at the chart because they do a beep test. Mm-hmm. I think she did look at the chart. She was like, um, yeah, deeper tones. <laughs> <laughs> An actual scientific answer. I love it. Eris and Jasmine talk about the good that they have brought out in each other, what they have learned from each other, and what they appreciate about each other. Dr. Pepper has them face each other. Eris says, you are a great listener. This process has been hard on you, and you have shown so much strength. It hasn't been easy on you. See, there goes, goes the Eris repeatable track of this is all I get from you. Awful compliment. Oh, I made it super hard on you. Hey, but you're a team player, so it's cool. You're doing great. Thanks. I'm not going to improve, but you're still sticking in there. No, no, no. Jasmine says, I feel like you are patient with me and me not being able to communicate, but you have pushed me to be better. Jasmine's like, she has to find almost like a default in herself, something wrong with herself. If I'm being honest... This seems like the nicer way to do the Gina response of, oh, I learned a lot in this marriage, but I'm going to take a lot of this into my next <laughs> one or what I've learned towards my next marriage. I just think she's really going to try anything to make this work. Anything. Are you getting Katina vibes? No, not Katina. Not that bad. But. Oh, not that bad, but I mean, she really wants it to work. And I think, I think now she's starting to wake up a little bit, though. Eris and Jasmine go kayaking together. And after, they also have a picnic. They talk about decision day, about how they go back and forth. And Eris says he's comfortable with where he's at. Jasmine says, I've given it a thousand percent and I'm kind of at peace. I'm going to keep putting in effort and what comes from that comes from that. Loved Not, her answer, though. I, I loved her answer, but I'm also, it's giving, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I tried. I'm good. Pick yourself, Jasmine. That is the correct answer. Moving on to Kirsten and Shaq. This is an awful date to me. I don't want this. Please don't ever do this. I understand why Nashville music. I get it. Do not take me somewhere so a musician makes a song about our love story. And oh, then make cringe. me sing. It was cringe. Yeah. It hurt. It did. My ears hurt. <laughs> so as someone that's also uh, cannot hold a tune, it, it was rough. I, but I don't give her any crap because, you know, I don't got it. 
<laughs> I'm giving Kirsten a lot of credit for being brave enough to do this, knowing it's going to air for the whole public. Because, girl, that was bad. She was confident. She was confident. She was happy. She was having a great time. And that's what matters. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But I give her a lot of credit for being brave. They're done with their song. They have a good time. They keep Kristen's section in. And then they go sit on this woman's porch to have a conversation. Which I'm sure she's like, I got someone showing up in 10 minutes. Get out of here. Did you love that there was a bunny rabbit just oh, running around the house? So cute. Do we need a house bunny? Hell yeah. <laughs> That'd be so dope. Kristen's dad is brought up again. Kirsten talks about how you want to meet my dad, but he doesn't want to film. But trust that after the eight-week process, you'll see a lot more of everyone. So this is the first time we heard that, that he doesn't want to film. But there is downtime. Like, people do a lot of things outside of camera time. So I, I don't take that as a valid excuse. Again, it's another one of the excuses. There's always an excuse. Right. There's set times where you're filming, but... I mean, you also have time where you're just doing your own thing. You could tell production like, yo, my dad doesn't feel comfortable being on camera. We're just going to go without you guys. And also, why isn't that something that you can explain to Shaq? Like, you don't have to give a reason at all, actually, to the cameras. Like, we don't see other parents at all. It's not even an issue. We never see the parents. Well, in some cases, for example, Nicole's parents. I, I mean, I don't even think they live in the state. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not a big deal because you explain to your partner what the reason is, why it's not going to happen on camera, and that's it. But I feel like nothing has been explained to Shaq, and the reason keeps changing. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. As to where if you were just privately like, hey, he's not comfortable with this, we'll meet him after the eight weeks, like, that's it. Shaq says, I think everything comes with time. I just have to wait for this moment. I want to feel secure in this marriage, and sometimes I don't know if I do. Kirsten specifically asks, what security are you needing? Shaq responds with, a sense of security. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not really giving us anything tangible. He continues on. The support thing has been a big issue since day one. That's the only thing I really need. I always have a lot going on. When things happen, there is a missing piece. They continue to talk about this a little bit more, but absolutely no resolution. She just says, well, you have to believe me. Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper meet with Kirsten and Shaq at the apartment. They talk about their growth and where they're still struggling. And Shaq does talk about the miscommunications and how they always feel like they're in two different boats. Something I've thought about, even their communication, but just the couples in general, whereas we're going to say our predictions here shortly at the end of this is when someone does say yes to more time now, considering it seems like, are the cameras sticking around a little more after decision day? usually when you have the decision, it's kind of, well, the cameras are gone. Now we've, we've said yes to more time because we could now be a couple without all this hoopla and cameras and all these set up scenes. We can just live as a couple. And then we can say, you know what? Being a part of the show is kind of a shit show because of all we had to do. But now we get to just be us and go on the dates we want to and experience things we want to experience and see if that goes well or does not. And then obviously reunion, we find out you're not together. 
from that aspect, I can see why so many couples say yes, because even if it is not going well, what if it can go well if all of this goes away? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the whole yes to more time. But the rub there is with this new format, do the cameras go away or do they just come back after a couple of weeks to sort of film a couple of things to see what you've been up to? They said specifically we're following these couples longer than ever. So not great. Not great for them, at least. We find out that Shaq has met dad. It has happened. It is over. We can stop talking about it. But not quite. (laughs) Three days before decision day. Yeah, not not great, but it's done. It is done. Sounds like it was a totally casual, great meeting. He was like, let's hang out, grab a beer. He was making food for his granddaughter, sweetheart. Shaq seemed to like that, that he's a he's a family man, right? Yeah, he's about that. But you had a strong opinion on this meeting. No, I'd have a strong opinion about what he's wearing. Oh, sure. <laughs> a t-shirt for first meeting for someone that calls himself Dapper Dylan? Not it. Now, you also mentioned that Shaq also, in one hand, he says, yeah, it's cool. I met her dad. But then he also said, yeah, but like, why now? Yeah, no, I'm not. I can't even defend that in any stretch of it. Like, there's no satisfying him. It's ridiculous to say, okay, that box that you needed to be checked is checked but you're still not willing to check it because it wasn't on your timeline. Now, again, I think Kirsten is also in the wrong here because you should have just explained things to him and then let it be because it didn't even need to be a storyline. What's that saying? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Like, it seems like there's no winning and I hate to say it, but it seems like with Shaq, he's just going to, he was going to nitpick anything. Yep. And why do that? Like, you made this such a big deal. You're making it negative regardless. I would be like, yeah, that's why I didn't right here. Look at you. Look at you. A mess. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Pepper thankfully brings up that all families are different. The experts finish their visit by saying, you are a great example of what a power couple looks like. And I say, maybe not. Maybe not so much. Then we see Chris and Nicole having a date night. They have a chef coming over somewhere. I don't know where they were, but coming to cook for them. They had to turn dessert into a competition. I don't want to brulee my own dessert one. You weren't a fan of that? No, just do it for me. Bring me this gorgeous product. I don't want to do it myself. What do you think about Korean barbecue? Oh, I love it. That's different. I know I'm going into it that like you're serving me everything else. And then you're like, here's the torch. Meh. But they turn it into a competition and Nicole was satisfied because she won. Chris brings up that he wants communication to stay constant after decision day. For example, if they don't live together for months, he doesn't want Nicole to take a step back. But not living together for months is a step back. That act alone, not even bringing communication into it. Do you think they could make it if they lived apart for a few months? No, Nicole isn't going to do this. No, no, no. I do credit Nicole with how firm she is with her opinion on this. And she's not, again, I like that she's not wavering. She's saying like, well, we should be together. Like that's the natural next step. Like we're married. I like that she hasn't wavered. No, it's good. Clear expectation. I do think Chris is in the wrong. I mean, dude, we're talking about your forever partner 
who cares if you break a lease early, dude? Like, make this work. Mm-hmm. Like, you should spend all the time together. Why would you be apart? Like, if the, uh, I don't even know the dogs. I mean, finding a place, I get it. Maybe house rentals are like a shit show. I, I totally get that, but you need to make this work. Chris says, I hear you, but it's best to wait until after decision day to figure out the next decisions that will affect us financially. And obviously, it's a huge commitment to live together. We have to address one thing at a time. And right now, what's in front of us is decision day and we'll figure out the rest after. What do you mean it's a huge commitment? You are married to this person. If anything, living together is less of a commitment than marriage, man. Yes, you are married to this person. Stop it. Why does that freak him out more? I wonder if it's just so much time has passed that you are sort of self-sustaining or living on your own that maybe it's too much to take on. I mean, this is already a huge step. I, I, I get that. But maybe once you start thinking about it and going through the processes in your head of what it's going to be, what is going to be required to make this next step, maybe it kind of becomes overwhelming. And maybe to Chris, it is overwhelming. So in some ways, the way we've judged them for putting it off, maybe that's his way of just saying, like, like I can't, I can't do this right now. I need to just step away from this. It, not good. I, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but for this to work for the relationship to work, I think you need to figure out what you're going to do soon rather than later. I mean, it's very important. I mean, if you start living apart, I don't see that working out. And it's honestly, it's going to be weird because for two months you've been living together. It's probably going to feel strange of like, why are we living apart now? Yeah. So he needs to be open about his reasoning, number one. But the other counter to that is She's going to lose a lot of the confidence that she has in this if you express that. Now, my question to you is, is he considering no on decision day? I feel like there has been seasons where we have these perfect couples, like everything's going right for them. And we're thinking there's no way Mm -hmm. there's no way there. It's not going to be a yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in all those seasons, there was always some random shit they threw in there to make you think like, wow. They finally had an argument like, are they going to say no? You know, dun, dun, dun. I feel like this is that for Chris and Nicole. And it's probably it's going to be funny because when it's all said and done, they would have probably figured it out and they're going to be moving together. I'm I'm going to say it's a false. So he, he's it, this isn't the truth. It, it's going to be a yes for them and they'll be just fine. That's the whole glorious editing on this show is you always have to think that you're throwing in a curveball. I mean, granted, there has been some. Let's check ourselves and see if on decision day in the following episode, if they talked about or go into details of, hey, have you guys finalized your plans? And they'll probably smile at each other and say, yeah, we're going to live together and they're going to kiss. and It's going to be all corny. And, you know, if I read that like a book, cool, I'm happy for them. Uh, I think they are going to be okay, though. Then there's separate guys and gals get togethers. The guys, not a ton happen, but they do go over all of their struggles that they've already talked about. Chris does talk about how he's bothered that Nicole keeps bothering him about decision day, and he's wondering what he's doing wrong to make her question it. I assume the living thing is a big one. Clint says he's waiting for them to have their first argument. He wants to see how they handle it. 
And Eris pipes in and says, I can see Nicole going off on him. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Clint asks Shaq, do you have fun together? Great question. Incredible. I mean, it even led Shaq to pause for a moment. Mm-hmm. Shaq says that he hasn't had as much fun through this process, but that it can be fun after the process. He thinks after they can focus on enjoying themselves. Clint then follows it up. Can you see yourself single again? Shaq says he doesn't know if he wants to see himself single again, that he has enjoyed sleeping next to someone and waking up with someone. I did notice he didn't say I enjoyed sleeping with Kirsten and waking up with Kirsten. So I don't know, kind of vague. We move our attention to Eris and Clint asks him the same question. Are you missing the single life? Eris says yes and no. I did it so long. When you first meet someone and get the butterfly feelings, the first couple of times you get it in, it's a rush. I had experienced that temporary feeling many times, but I know that it's not what I want. Even when I left the couple's retreat, I actually missed her. He's so surprised that he misses her. (laughs) This sounds great. I just can't, I can't buy into this. I don't see him resisting the streets. At the girls get together, Gina opens up about what she said, calling Clint bizarre and their time with the experts. Gina says, this is exactly why I hate this game. I don't want to get to where I'm giving you a complex. One, it's not game and it it shouldn't be viewed as a game. Like this is a legally binding marriage that you agreed to. So not really a game. And you say you don't want to give someone a complex, but you keep talking about his appearance and how you're not attracted to him. But it's okay if you like, there's no, no reflection. Yeah. We talked about it earlier where it seems like Gina is the most aware of how she'll be betrayed on the show or maybe just... I don't think she is. Well, I mean, I think so many scenes have been filmed where it's just hard to imagine you thinking you're coming off as good. Nicole and Kirsten talk about what they are hoping for after decision day and how things are going right now. Nicole quickly turns into therapist Nicole again. She believes from the bottom of her heart that Shaq and Kirsten are meant for each other, that there's something special there. I get a bit weird when... By her own accord, Nicole has said that she's had some rough relationships. I find it odd that she takes the role of the, you know, in her relationship, it's going pretty okay with Chris, but she's taken on that role of, I am the expert of marriages and how they should work. Yeah. And it's not good. It, I don't like someone, I don't want to call it a know-it-all because I know that's not her intention. But, like, just because you, like, Chris's was going to be a good match for almost anyone. He he seems to be, for the most part, very accommodating. Yes. I mean, we, I'll trash him all day for the living thing. But he's a nice guy, very laid back. And she's just like, oh, I've had a great eight weeks with someone. It's going to be a great 40 years, you know? (laughs) It wasn't like eight weeks with heiress or, you know. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't, like, a big hurdle. Jasmine says she's not thinking about what Eris is going to do, only what she is going to do. Whatever happens on decision day, she's standing in what she wants. Ah, I'm so happy to see it. She is blossoming before our eyes. As badly as I want them to work, and I think they would be so cute together if Eris just grew up a little bit, 
I Jasmine deserves to pick herself and move on. The girls are doing some dancing together, and there are some gentlemen that get brought into the scene. At first, were these like actors? I either actors or someone previously picked because on another podcast, which I didn't realize, they were all mic'd up and you could see their mic packs. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, okay. me neither. Gotcha. Live live viewing, I thought, okay, this must be set up by production. And yes. you, you said something like, I mean, they must be, right? They have to sign like NDAs or, mm-hmm. or even allow like their face to be shown on camera. I was like, okay, I get it. But as the conversations went on, I was thinking, okay, these guys are either really good actors or this is some real, like they are not a part of the show because some of the shit they said, one was cringeworthy because <laughs> dude, dude pick up lines. I mean, come on. It was that cringe that I was like, this has to be real. It has to be. I think they were a real group of guys that got picked out by production. They got it all set up, but the girls didn't know. Everyone introduces themselves and Nicole stands in the middle of the group twirling. There's a lot of twirling, awkward energy going on. I like Nicole. She is an interesting gal. (laughs) I don't know why you would twirl in the middle of a group of people, but in some ways she was like, hi, like I'm Nicole and like showing her body. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you twirling? Uh, I'm an awkward gal too. It's fine. Why are you rolling around on the floor (laughs) when none of us are dancing? The music's not on. Nicole, get up. One of the guys says to Nicole, so you wear the pants. So your man is a beta. Why? Why? I've actually never. I'm so out of the loop. I've never heard this term. What? Like as far as in reference to a guy. No, that's like almost the only time I've heard it. Interesting. Yeah. You have like alpha males. And then oh, I see. Okay. Beta male. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. And def- then I'm Nicole- definitely a beta. I'm a C. What's a C? A Charlie? Oh no, no, no! You are very am I, alpha. Am I a Charlie? I'm definitely a Charlie. Ugh. I'm a Delta. Okay, a Leon is a Leo and a Leo to a T. Do not be fooled, guys. No, 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 no. No way. There's no way I'm an alpha. I don't accept that. So on a basketball team, I'd rather be like the guy that sprints everywhere and catches the ball, shoots a three. I am not the point guard. Don't want that pressure. Have you gotten a T for celebrating too loud? I think so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hmm. Very competitive. Hmm. Well, <laughs> a lot of people can be competitive and not be alphas, let's be honest. Mm. I mean, even the way I'm talking, this is not alpha talk. Alpha talk is like, yeah, I'm the fucking. <laughs> uh, yeah, put you in a game. Put you in a game. That's how it is. Oh, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> But I do wear the shorts in the relationship. We, I wear always, the pants. We, we always joke about this. I wear the pants. I'll fucking wear shorts you if wear it's shorts. hot or cold. I don't give a fuck. Watch I'm guys. actually the inverse, y'all. Okay. 90 degree day. I you has to wear pants. I ask him to wear shorts because he's going to die at these baseball games. Nope. Want to wear denim. Cool. It's snowing. It's 18 degrees out. Crocs. Running shorts. Crocs. Running shorts. <laughs> This has to play into your ADHD. This has to. (laughs) Maybe that is an alpha thing of like, fuck fuck the weather. You'll show the weather who's boss. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Gross. Interesting. Nicole ends this beta alpha conversation by saying, well, two beta fish will like kill each other. (laughs) Oh, Nicole. You're like, fun fact of the day. She's going to kill him with science. That's what it's going to be. She's going to go over the top. I loved Kirsten in this scene. 
This was my favorite scene of the episode and probably my favorite scene of Kirsten of all, the all entire time, series. Time. Now, because there's two ways you can read this scene. Either one, she's looking out for herself and her husband in the yes. situation because all of her responses on point. Super now, good. The other way you can read it is that she played the ultimate Kirsten move and sound is going into the ears, <laughs> but there's nothing in the head and she's staring off into space. She didn't even look at this man. Because sometimes as the guy's talking, it almost looks like she's zoning out. And I'm like, is Kirsten not listening again? It's so good. This is my favorite. Kirsten is quietly in the corner. She's not trying to talk to this guy. She doesn't want to talk to this guy. There's no eye contact. The body language is straight ahead. She says, do you like being a playboy? The guy responds, why do you say that? Why can't I just be a man that's focused? A focused man. She says. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it was so good. I can't even keep it straight. She says, are you focused? He says, of course. <laughs> but even the guy seemed confused. <laughs> what the, he's like, I don't know where this is going, but I wanted to keep going. <laughs> Kirsten persists. She says, you can be a focused man. The guy asks, what are you focused on? She says, my husband. <laughs> Where's that meme? Oh, hold me back. It they was do. perfect. She's great. Kirsten, in her interview, says it's cool to mix and mingle, but she knows when it's time to go. And she's trying to go home to her husband. What a great, great, great wife, great, great friend. Scene. Wonderful. Great scene. Jasmine connects with a guy over being dog breeders, and he is also a boxing coach. Jasmine is in her interview, and she does admit that she does like the attention. I mean, you can you blame her? She's been with Eris for this whole time who will not give her attention. The guy, not caring that she's in her own interview, steps right into frame and says, I have this outside and pulls out his keychain. This is also where I thought this cannot be set up by this show. This is too awkward. Yes, I agree. So was it a 740? Did I make up that number? At first he said that. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? I know, me too. I'm not a car guy. No. But apparently it's probably a BMW, I yes, think. Yes, I think it's a BMW. And he was like one of them. I'm like, why do you have two 740s? <laughs> like, what? He mumbles some stuff to her. She kind of mumbles back and he proceeds to drag his hand across her lower back and says, let's go. You know, it was we replayed this so much that it was so hard to catch. You almost caught the end of like it a was hand happening. Back. It was happening, though. Oh, for sure. What else is he doing back there? Should she have gotten the number? Let's be honest. Uh, maybe not great while you're married, but I mean, is it going to work? Maybe it's a backup. I'm just saying. You got a lot in common. Oh, uh, you know. He's kind of weird, but <laughs> maybe he's nicer not in the he's club. He's got a 740, though, so <laughs> there you go. Can I do this with my Jetta? I got the Jetta I got, outside. I got the, oh, girl, I got the 03 Honda Accord. <laughs> That's yours. Yo, we we ready? V6. With fifteen keys on it. V six. Oh my god! That's not even being dramatic. Got my post office key. Got my moped key. <laughs> keys to things we don't even own anymore. Got my bicycle lock key. What's up? 
my 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 clicker's broken. <laughs> You're right. You can't. Even, you'll have to lean over and unlock it for. Her. Yeah, I can't even do the gentleman thing. I can't like open the door for you. I gotta get in myself, unlock the thing, open the door. What I'm trying to say is, I have no game. Have but no you don't game. need game. You're married. Right. Well, yeah. For well, sure. you need to have game for me. For sure. O three Honda got her, y'all. So, hey, <laughs> but hey. that was how many years ago? The O three was still pretty new. Pretty ten years new. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we see all the couples kind of get together, get in bed, talk about decision day a little bit, and the journey they have been on. Jasmine and Eris have another pillow talk, and Eris talks about being in the streets, and now he's out walking Duchess. Life comes at you fast, he says. Jasmine says, you're a whole dog dad now. Eris looks directly into the camera. At me, personally, in my eyes, in my home while I'm sitting on the couch and says, in the words of Pastor Cal, that's intimacy. And I screamed because it was so awkward for me. (laughs) At this point, he's just having fun being on the show. He's like, I'm an office character. Let's go. Jasmine Eris know it's not going to work out. They're making the best situation. They're friends. You know what? Let's just have fun. Maybe. Let's get paid. Let's have fun. Let's do it. Shaq and Kirsten are getting into the bed. They're super playful. And she accidentally kind of knocks him in the head. She says, I'm going to knock some sense into you. And he said, knock me into last week. Things get a little bit more serious, the energy shifts, and they get a little quieter, and she said, no, not like last week. Um, okay. What the hell was this? Okay, this was, um, a couple things. Shaq's annoying. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> now, this could have been read as, um, we're gonna do some things, and you're gonna knock me in a nap last week. Oh, no, it like, wasn't. No. But, but let's just say, that's what Shaq was, go- let's just say he was going for that, and the Christian's like... No, not last week. And Shaq's like, she didn't get it. Okay. (laughs) I can't. I can't. (laughs) I took it as maybe they were fighting about dad still and all this stuff and the dinner that ended up being one person and Shaq ruined the moment because he's petty. He's a petty patty. He he likes to stay in the little drama bubble. Yes, he does. In his own little... He like is making himself more mad like (laughs) nothing's happening and he's somehow making it worse on the next time on it is officially decision day and Shaq comes in a suit need i say more about this suit it it's not my taste maybe it's someone's predictions let's go uh do you want to go first sure let's start with gina and clint well that's a easy one to start with yeah, both say no. Both not say even no. yes not, to time, no. nothing. No. Say no. no, and there's no reconciliation by where are they now, and Clint is making out with Dom. I do predict there's going to be some apologies on this scene. Whether From Gina? Whether it's both parties or no. just one party. I think there'll be apologies in this I scene. don't think so. Okay. Wait, wait is that your also oh, yeah. yours? Yeah, okay. for sure, 100%. Oh, this one I'm so torn on. Jasmine and Eris. They're going to say yes to time, and it's not going to work after that. 
They're going to say yes to time. They will still be together by where are they now, but they will eventually break up. But I'm but we're not going past that. So I'll say yes to more time. Yes. On decision day. And also they will be together. Okay. Okay, A little different, sir. I like that. Yeah. They will be together by where are they now? But, you know, maybe not after that. I mean, is where are they now? Like two weeks? Did they tell you how long after that is? I don't remember. Are we talking two weeks? I know. Like, oh, and next day, where are you now? I mean, two weeks, shit. Trash comes every two weeks. Like, <laughs> how much time is really passing? Kirsten and Shaq. Hmm. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Uh, now I'm torn. I, oh. uh, it's hard. I think uh, I'm going to say yes to time. No, not together. I'm going to be controversial. Shoot. She says yes. He says no. Ooh. Ooh. I feel like I have to ride my theory hard of him being over it. That's fair. That's fair. And I mean, like, is she going to be disappointed now? <laughs> and last but not least, Nicole and Chris. Save the easiest for last. I'm yeah. going to say yes and yes. I will also say yes and yes, but I'm super curious, like, down the line how this works. And what if the show is all premiered? We finish up. Cameras are gone and it's six months later and they're still not living together. Like, Nicole's not going to take it for very long. But what if they're still together and not live together? Oh, I can see it. Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. But I don't think Nicole will play that long. Probably not. I, in some ways, can't believe we're missing Decision Day after I covering know. this for so fucking long. But hey, Destiny, Fate is setting us up to experience our own magic on that day. <laughs> um, so as everyone else is enjoying the show, we're going to live vicariously through you on Twitter uh, but we'll also be having our own good time. But I hope you enjoy uh, the show because I feel like no matter what happens, it's going to be a banger. I'm just saying if we're like in the car driving in L.A. or something like this will be on Bluetooth. Like it's oh, for we're sure. listening to the episode sure. at least. We, we got we got a friendly subscription. We <laughs> will be streaming for sure and recording. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying at the least. I will still be on Twitter, but hopefully getting to listen to some of the episodes. I just imagine we should take a, if this isn't going to happen, but if it did, like the Disney fireworks are going and then we just were watching maps and someone takes a photo of like <laughs> maps, Disney fireworks. It's over. Beautiful. Thank you all for joining us for the episode and for the grace last week. We'll be taking another trip east, but the episodes should be fine. I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter and Instagram if there's going to be any delays or change in episodes. So stay tuned and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We'll see you later.